Hello, 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 6 a.m. run community, family, everyone out there listening and continues to help these podcasts brought to you by 6amrun.com grow. Hami here, CEO, founder, and as I just said, brought to you by 6amrun.com. Just want to always continue to, you know, I'm probably boring you guys now as we're doing close to 50 some episodes that have been released, but I really am so thankful for everyone that's been watching, not watch, well, watching some of our clips, but definitely listening and downloading these podcasts, our support, the community, all of you guys, again, I'm probably annoying you with my gratitude, but thank you so much. And to see everyone and talk about it in our community and our Facebook group and everything is awesome. So again, just starting off and thanking everyone saying what's up. I don't want to waste any more of my guests time. My guest is an entrepreneur, an author, and a runner. Very, 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 very into physical fitness. But I always say you're your own hype person, Brent. I want to introduce everyone to Brent Rika. Brent, please, please say hello to our community. And please, if you don't mind, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, thanks for having me. So I live in Washington, D.C. And I've lived here for about 11 years. And I own a creative agency in the city. So we work with brands to kind of come up with creative content and video for their uh, business or ads or website placement, things like that. And I also am the author of a children's book series with a fellow entrepreneur. So we have three books out. They're middle school fantasy. And I'm also a huge fitness enthusiast. And last year, I ran 100 miles nonstop on my own, not a part of an official race or anything. So I ran out throughout D.C., Maryland, and Virginia to raise money for gay-owned small businesses hit by COVID. Uh And I just started prepping for a second one, but this year I'll be racing against someone one-on-one. Oh, wow. To winner takes all the money for their chosen charity. So I'm kind of having my hand a little bit in everything. That's awesome. And do you want to share, have you mentioned what your charity is? Do you want to share that or? Yeah, so uh, this year I'll be working uh, running for Worthy Mentoring, which is an app offering mentoring services for the LGBTQ plus community. So basically, if you live in a rural area, or maybe you're just coming out and you don't really have anyone to talk to, this is an app that connects you with a mentor to kind of help guide you along, um, you know, the what's next phase. This is really, really great stuff. And it seems like, you know, your creativity, have you always been a creative person? Do you want to, even if you don't mind, maybe starting from the beginning? I always like to see how people got to where they are. We talk a lot. It's, it's sometimes tough, I think, when you're 18, 19, and you do the normal trajectory. People tell you to go to college, pick a major at 18. But I, it seems like you found your passion, you know, being a creative person. Obviously, physical fitness, we'll talk a little bit more about that. That seems like a very high priority in your life. And then obviously, you have some very, 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 very strong causes and affiliations that you work very hard for. Can you start us off kind of, if you don't mind, just like briefly sharing like how did you know all this early on? One of my questions for people is just when they were kids, could they tell? Because I think I could tell myself in marketing and sales, right? Like that's just, I was a salesman. You know, I could tell that early on. I was trading things at lunch, right? Like what about yourself? I definitely always wanted to be a writer, but I didn't know that it would be children's books. <laughs> so sure. my family owns a newspaper both sides of my family have worked in um, newspaper worlds. And um, I was editor of my high school newspaper. And my high school graduation, the valedictorian actually mentioned me in terms of like, Brant's going to be, you know, writing. But um, I'm 35 now, but I did a lot of things that we all did in our 20s where, you know, I tried college three times. It wasn't my jam. <laughs> um, I never finished. 
And, you know, I, I do what, did what a lot of people did in their 20s, which was, you know, I was kind of working jobs just to have a paycheck and waiting to figure out who I was. And so it wasn't right. until I was 30, which is when I started my business, that I really found my niche and what I was good at. But again, I always tell people, because I get business owners now who, I'm sure you do as well, who will come up to you and ask for your advice. And I'm like, it's not going to look like what you thought it would look like. My business started off as an events company five years ago. And I never thought I would be doing creative like branding in terms of like, you know, styled photo shoots and videography and all that good stuff. Yeah. I kind of just fell into that because I was doing a blog for the business. But I also freelance write in the DC area for magazines and newspapers. So the children's books were kind of born five years ago out of a huge personal change I went through. And um, I have three sisters who all have kids. So it was kind of just, uh, I think what we all do, like we have a, a day of like adult stresses and then like a Disney movie is on or something and it makes you feel super grounded. Right. <laughs> and so I was kind of like, oh, well, maybe I should explore children's literature. So I started doing a bunch of research and took one of those master classes years ago when they first came out and Judy Bloom was their first one. And so I took her class. Uh, yeah, I'm 42. So I grew up on fudge, tales of a fourth grade nothing. Yeah. yeah. Well, and people, like, I, I remember like Amelia Bedelia and right. um, all those things. And um, so, yeah, I feel like I, it's been a fun thing that started as a passion project that's kind of evolved pretty crazy. Our manager, Kim's jokes that she feels like she's on a treadmill with roller skates <laughs> with the children's books. But yeah, it's a, it's a really fun world to dive into. And after a day of adult stress to come home and have like deadlines to write chapters where I'm getting lost in like a middle school fantasy world. But Well, I think too, you, I have a 14 year old daughter. I think what people don't understand, my daughter, I don't think, and if she listens to this, I don't think she gets what she's going through in high school. Obviously it's a different time and a different way they go about things. But I feel like For me, that was yesterday. And again, I'm 42, but I can so tell my freshman year thinking like, oh my God, these seniors are giants, right? Like things that she's probably going through that she might not want to share with me, but I try to sometimes tell her like, look, I've been there. Like, I feel like when I walked into high school, my freshman year, there were seniors with like beards, like, you know what I mean? And it was like, well, you thought like you look at the seniors now and you're like, oh my God, they're children. But when we were in high school, I was also like this big. I couldn't gain muscle to save my life. (laughs) Yeah. No. So I thought seniors were like, so I thought a 35 year old, which is what I am now, was like so (laughs) like huge. And now I look back and I even look at like, you know, our friends' parents Mm -hmm. who are now older, obviously. I'm like, wow, their lives have changed so much since then. But when we were kids and we would see a 35 or 42 year old, we thought that was it. Oh. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I think my daughter for sure doesn't think I'm cool. I'm dad. I'll always, and I think I had to come to a realization that I'm just, that's who I am. Right. I just, cause you want to be a cool parent. Right. But that kind of gets reserved for the uncles, the aunts and the grandparents, right. They have that role because think about it. And one of it's crazy. My family's favorite movies has become, uh, it's called yesterday where it just, uh, it's Jennifer Garner. And we just say yes to everything. Oh yeah. With the Jennifer Garner. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, cause you, but as parents, like, it's not that you want to, I don't, you don't, I don't want to run around saying no, 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 no. But like, just, you, there's so many things you can't let them do. Right. So I'm totally with you. And I think that it's funny that you're, and we're, I'm, I don't want to get too long winded into it, but they are the most impression. I will say this. 
I very quickly realized even in sports, right? Like you can't even speak negatively, let's say on someone else's child in front of your own because they pick that up, right? Like if someone starts over my child, I can't say anything negative because then that plants this negative seed in my daughter's head. Instead of being, let's say a good teammate, she's like, I should be starting over that. Like, you know what I'm saying? So there's so many things I think you learn as parents and then you continue to see how impressionable they are. So, you know, you can't speak ill in front of them. You know, you really have to watch what you say. You driving now, my daughter, like I said, the oldest one being 14, our youngest is six. You know, I make a conscious effort to never look at the phone because two more years she's driving. And guess what? If dad's looking at his phone while he drives, you know what I mean? Like you said, it's a different era. Like I, when I was in high school, I graduated 2005, like cell phones weren't even really big yet. I think I had a track phone (laughs) where you would put like the prepaid minutes on it and a text was 25 cents. um, It's a a totally different world. Some of the books, let me ask you, I mean, is a goal to eventually like I know sometimes books become movies, become cartoons. Do you see that maybe one day? Obviously, I'm sure you probably wouldn't say no to that, but like, is it a short or long-term goal of yours one day to have something where people can even, because we are in such, and you make content, right? right. We are in such a show me type of a world. I will say this, I have not read a book. I've not read a book in years because of Audible, obviously. Yeah, And that's my form right now. And by the way, real quick, I want to say something about Audible. I've never been, and I think ADHD and ADD was after my time being that I'm 42, but I will say this, what I realized is you can give me your book and I I can read, I know how to read words, right? Right. But if you ask me what happened on page 10, I have no freaking clue. Right. Well, I think we're also in uh, an era where it's like things are so like we're moving from one thing to the next towards not really focused, but yeah, I do audio books, but I also read physical books too. Yeah. Depending on what mood I'm in. (laughs) And where where I was, where I was getting with that, would you like it to one day be a situation where these things are maybe projected on a, like more of a television screen or a movie screen? Yeah. So our team is actually all convinced that this will be, because we have like a legal team, a PR team and all this stuff. And they're all pretty convinced this will be a series of sorts. And when I was writing it, I picture it as like a movie. Sure. Um, we just finished our third book, but then we now have a spinoff series coming out of it. So it's the Barris books, and now we're going to have the Bernice books. And Bernice is Barris's sister. Yeah. So that will be coming out later this year. But I told the whole team and my collaborator, I'm like, as I'm typing it and writing it, I'm listening to scores of movies while I'm writing, and I, I view it as like a movie. Right. That's awesome. So it would be nice if that happens. Do you mind kind of giving the, especially a lot of our audience is that 30, 35 plus range and obviously probably parents and part of our community, what's, what's cool. And even my trajectory, Brian, I want you to kind of know, you know, I think you get like you and I are very similar, even though we're different in age and in where we are, but you know, you kind of finish school or, you know, you kind of, even if you don't finish school, but you get out of that I call it that college era type of a phase, right? And then it's like you get into your physical professional life, I mean, and then you have maybe a child, you get married, whatever. And it's like, then I think you fast forward to 35, which where you are now. And it's like, oh my God, I totally haven't worked out. I've put so many things ahead of myself, right? right? So a lot of our audience are people that are coming back to physical fitness, but their bones are like getting creakly and like they want products and that's what and we don't talk about six am run on the show but our nutritional lineup um is obviously what's got us to this point 
where I'm getting at with that question is, you know, where you are with these books and the parents that are going to be buying them for their kids. So can you share with the parents what their kids would be getting out of these books? Yeah. So we get the question a lot. We just actually got picked up in Arlington, Virginia. Their schools are actually fourth grade classes are reading this book. Oh, wow. So we were just at a school visit last week. They just finished reading the first one. So each book takes place. So the reality is 1952 New Orleans. I'm from Louisiana. And, um, you know, each book tackles a different issue. So like the mm. first book, Barris is intimidated by the neighbor girl because she looks different than him. The second book, Barris's grandfather has Alzheimer's, but in the 50s, they just think they're crazy. <laughs> and so, and then the third book, Barris's best friend is like, their parents are going through a divorce. So the broad theme of this whole series is there's a problem at the beginning of the book. In chapter three, Barris falls asleep into a dream world, which is really our psyche, where he encounters magic and characters that relates to his problem. And then he wakes up at the end of the book, not necessarily, it's not a happy ending, but knowing how to navigate it. Right. He's a guy through each dream world named Gracie, and she's also the narrator of the book. But Gracie's a keeper of the universe, and her all keepers monitor the dreams of, of sleeping children till they're 10. But um, oh. it's a pretty fun series to write, and um, I think even learned myself as writing it, as to approach different things. But yeah, we basically kind of, because things happen in life through all of, even when we were, you know, nine years old, where we didn't know how to explain it or approach it, whether it was divorce or a sick grandparent or, you know, being intimidated by someone bigger than us. So it's just kind of like, kind of peeling back the layers on these issues and kind of the approach to them. Awesome. And do you see, let me ask you this, is, is a little bit of you, is it, I want to, I always want to know when people do these type of books, is this a little bit of like your story a little bit or no? So it's not anything that I've gone through, but I take from my friends' lives. Okay. So like I have, you know, we, at our ages, we all have friends who are going through divorces or whatever, who have kids. And so like the idea from the third book came from a friend who was going through a divorce and they were like, what do I talk to my kid about? (laughs) The second book was a little bit from my life, but Barris, you know, he has three sisters. Like I have three sisters. They all start with B's. Like my sisters, we all start with B's. But I take from like some of my friends are the characters in the book and Yesterday, I was on a walk with someone who said she wanted to be a character in the book. So it's like, I'm taking from my life, my friends' lives, off of just things I see every day. So it's been a fun experience to write, but also I'm trying to be careful how I write now that my friends know some of them are the characters. It's funny because, well, and and, then maybe where did running get to? Because like, so running, one of the cool things I love about running is it's used for more of a charitable kind of opportunity, right? So a lot of people will run, you know, you don't see that with anything else. No one says, I'm going to go play basketball today for a charity. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but, you know, running is what people really, running and walking, um, you know, 5Ks, 10Ks, things like that are more so used for charity. When did, you know, if we kind of now can, can shift a little bit to talk about running, well, let me back up a little bit before we get there. When did you say to yourself, like physical fitness is a key, you know, we'll show hopefully a little bit of video, but you were, your people who are going to watch this are going to see, and people who look your bio up are going to see a lot of very physical. Your Instagram is a lot of you at the gym, uh, CrossFits, it looks like yeah. people are going to see it's obvious to anyone just watching these, that physical fitness is, is a huge major thing in your life, which again, that's what we, we preach. Can you talk a little bit about when that happened or was that an always thing? Yeah, so I have always been into fitness. 
you know, going back to what we just were touching on, you know, being like a noodle in high school, I can remember watching the wonder years and oh, like, in my bedroom, lifting like sand weights and it couldn't get big to save my life. But I ran in high school, I ran cross country. I was captain of the team my senior year. And then like, this is the guys, this is so long ago back when like I was running with the CD Walkman and the CD would skip. <laughs> if it wow. would be, um, these kids don't know how good they have it these days. Right. No, no, no. But so I've always been into it. I used to work at fitness centers. I was a lifeguard as well. But I, as I've gotten older, my approach and my saying, I always tell my friends, because obviously people in my life think I'm crazy with the 100 milers and things like that. But I always say, I just want to really be athletic, like mm-hmm. an able and the physical appearance is a pleasant side effect. Right. Like, you know, to run 100 miles, people think that the training for that is, you know, run 30, 40, whatever miles for training, but that's not the case. It's actually in CrossFit endurance base. But for me also, you know, especially I'm sure you as well, maybe like owning a business during COVID, it was pretty, like it got dark (laughs) sometimes. So for me, fitness has always been like my anchor of like a routine to stick to every day. And I think, you know, mentally, I think I heard this a few weeks ago, fitness trains our minds to kind of work through life issues because if the workout's super hard, you know, and you're pushing through it, like it kind of helps you tackle the other objectives of your day. There's no question while some people have religion, while some people have, I think you need kind of a little bit of a North star. And if physical fitness is kind of like your centering North star of sorts, I'm not, look, I'm not trying to, I don't want anyone to say, I'm, I'm trying to say like, you know, replace religion with physical fitness. I'm not, but I'm just saying like, there's definitely a North star of sorts where for me, it centers me. It's an anchor, right? Yeah. Like it's like, all right, like I can get mad and I can blow up or what I can do is go just take out that aggression on a run and then come back to a situation with a much clearer mind, if that makes sense. And that's, uh, you know, even in in having children and being married, um, there's so many areas of, like you just said, COVID. One of the things we try to be for our runners is a place of escape, right? Instead of talking politics, instead of talking, you know, news and current events, we want to see your runs. We want to see, you know, your physical fitness journey, right? And I think that people, to your point, that helped us grow a lot during COVID because people found us as that escape. Right. Yeah. And it's, I think I'm yelled at probably weekly by my mother for all the fitness things I'm doing. Um, A lot of people in my life think I'm doing too much, whether it's the books, the company, the fitness stuff, but having that anchor for me. And also I always say to people, you know, the most I had ever done before this hundred mile run was a tough mutter. And so I was like, the human body is capable of so much more. And I'm always like, look at the Olympics. (laughs) Like they're not abnormal creatures. They're human beings. Well, I think entrepreneurism for the most part, and if, if you're falling into this category, I think, you know, when I'm, for example, there's been times I've been able to go on a vacation now, you know, and especially when I was more corporate America and delegate tasks to certain people. I don't know a lot of entrepreneurs can physically sit still. I just, I don't know if that's a, if that's a lot of them, right? Like for me, yeah. even here at work, right? Like I can teach someone, we hire people, right? I can teach someone to do something, but I just sometimes I'm like, I want, I want to do that. Right. Like I, it's not good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not condoning this kind of behavior. And especially people need to be in their role and do well at their role. You can't have one person do it all because that's not the key to success. But 
you know, it's, I definitely think it's an entrepreneur trait. And if you watch any of these recent, like we work shows, Theranos, part of their kind of downfall was they thought they know it all. Right. And they want to do it all. But I just, you know, it's, it sucks watching that because you knew their initial idea was actually not bad. Again, just, they just no ill will. Yeah. They didn't know when to ask for help and, and delegate something to someone else. Right. And I'm guilty of it as well. I'm sure you too. Like when you get someone, sometimes you also feel like going through the process of training someone like, Mm -hmm. because you want to just get it done. And then if they are doing it, I'm still going behind them and like (laughs) following up and things of that nature. But yeah, we can't sit still. I had some friends ask recently, like, you know, if these children's books take off more, like are me and my collaborator book going to close our businesses? And I was like, no, I was like, what would I do all day? <laughs> like, so yeah, it's, I think it's a mind of being so when I try to rest now, I find, you know, cause social media is a big part of all of our businesses. So I find that when I'm trying to watch a movie or rest, I end up just doing like Instagram posting and like whatever. So, so here's, so here's the thing. I don't think people understand that also as entrepreneurs and as, because we are the best sales and marketing people for our companies. Right. What I don't think people understand is you're getting ideas on social media. Really? You're, I'm not saying you're not on there, but what I think what I've found is that if you find me and you come in my office and I'm on Instagram, look, 50% of the time, maybe a little more. Is it not productive? Of course, I'm not going to lie. Right. But I wouldn't have the ideas. I wouldn't have the marketing kind of ideas and creative ideas that we do for our ads. And, you know, some of the things we created for people and runners, fashion, you know, creating slings and tank tops for our runners or shorts, or even, even though we don't do much clothing, but, you know, some of the clothing we will, you know, create or make, you know, right. you've got to keep up with trends. So, I don't think people, and you know, I, I joke with my kids at dinner, if they say you're on your phone, I'm like, yeah, my phone makes me money. When your phone makes you money and you're Charlie D'Amelio, then you can be on your phone at dinner. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, yeah. They, they don't understand. I was on vacation with my family last year. We were doing an annual beach trip. And while I was there, I was having to take Zooms and calls. And one of my aunts who's like 72 was like, oh, well, I can't believe you're working. Well, and I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't have vacation days. <laughs> like, are you going to pay my bills this month? So mm-hmm. I think unless you are, again, an entrepreneur, and I think, I don't know if you can maybe relate to this, but I think as we get older, naturally your friendships shift a little bit because our lives change. But during COVID, I think especially not having many friends who also are entrepreneurs, it kind of changed the dynamics a little bit because people don't understand what the day-to-day is of a business. And a lot of times people just see the final product of what you're doing and the glitz and the glam of it. And they don't realize the work that went into all of that. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. No, they don't. And I think too, one thing Google did, this is what I was going to say. I was trying to figure out who it was. It was Google, you know, Google did away with like PTO and vacation and things like that. And what Google said was, look, here's what we're going to do. You have an assignment, right? If you want to do this assignment in a beach in Puerto Rico or wherever, go for it, right? As long as it gets done, then it gets done. Like, we don't care where you do it, how you do it, as long, and even me right now, like, um, you know, my daughter in high school, some of her basketball games would be at like four o'clock. And I look back on my corporate America job and it was like, well, there was no way if I was still working for the bank that I could leave just at four o'clock, be like, I'm out of here. Right. Right. And so to those points, I like what the pandemic did. I mean, think about how many people used to travel to go meet face-to-face and close business deals. 
Yeah. I want to see someone face to face now. I'm just going to zoom with them. I don't need to, you know, I, I know flying is actually the most safest form of travel, actually, when you look at the percentages, but I still get anxiety flying places. You know what I mean? You can't help but get sometimes. No, I, I've seen people even in DC, but I want to go, like someone who just is living like maybe a mile away, I'm zooming with them for a meeting because I've just gotten so used to that. And I also like, I feel like COVID's made me not want to. I got used to like being a homebody, but also still focusing on what I'm doing, obviously. But I don't want to go to the business lunch anymore. I don't want to go to the business dinner anymore. I'd rather just do a Zoom or do a coffee, a quick coffee. But no, I think, yeah, there's, there's definitely some things that have changed because of it. The other night we got takeout and the delivery guy like rang the bell and like stood there for a second. I was like, what, what's he doing? And I don't know if he wanted to make sure we got the food, but oh, I was yeah. just like, no, no, you can leave it on the chair, you know, but next to the front door, like you're, you're good. No, like, you know what I mean? It's like, sometimes you're right. And I don't say that in a mean way. It's just that you're sometimes like, but I will say, I think, and that's that, that extreme is not right. It's not, but you know, you want to still be friendly and have friends and be welcoming. I don't want us to get into a situation where we're so introverted. That's not right either. But I think that a lot of us, it's going to take a little bit more time. Luckily, my kids were doing a little bit of sports. So we weren't like hibernating, hibernating. Um, you're, I know you work out. So I think if you're into physical fitness, I think you're kind of telling yourself like, look, I'm healthy. And, and one thing we, I will say, knock on wood, we try not to get too, again, divisive on the show at all, but it, it does seem like people that took care of their personal health over everything really were the most, they were the most qualified or ch- had the best chances of obviously, even if they caught it, of making sure it did the least amount of damage to them. Yeah. Cause we all know people during COVID who, you know, who, you know, were just home drinking every day and ordering the takeouts and I actually didn't drink for the first four months of the pandemic. And I was just on, I started the carnivore diet, like a crazy person, <laughs> but um, I started doing the carnivore diet. And um, I think also the purpose though, I don't, I have a family, like I'm single, I have me and my dog. So it was easier for me to stay on track. But I always say, I'm like, who wanted to throw a hangover on top of like being home and like figuring stuff out. So my friends always give me a hard time when um because they joke that I came out of the pandemic like more health conscious than I did going in. And so I was like, yeah, I feel great. I have energy. And they're like, oh, good for you, Brent. We get it. Like, (laughs) My personal opinion is if that's what the pandemic created is people becoming more health conscious and, you know, then that's a good thing. I mean, you know what I mean? I think that that's not a bad thing at all. And, And that's what we preach here. Like, you know what I mean? And we know our sales, when gyms closed, people like they went to Amazon, they went to so many places to get bikes and you apparently you couldn't find like a bike or a dumbbell on Amazon. It was like everywhere was sold out. Our company, you know, we did a virtual run, things like really, really blew up. So, but I, I'm not going to lie. I've, I've heard um, my holidays are a little bit like this. I, I kind of bunker down when it gets cold on the East coast. You're in DC. You're not too far from us, right? We're south of Philly and Wilmington, Delaware. Okay, so when December and Thanksgiving time hits, I usually pack on about, you know, 10, 15 pounds. And I'm not gonna lie, like I enjoy cookies and the girls cooking and stuff. But I will say, like, I think the pandemic, you saw some people come out of it and be like, I gained weight. And then you saw another half of people come out of it and be like, I got in the best shape of my life. I worked out every morning. Yeah. I didn't have to like, you know, get up, get dressed and I could get up. And my first meeting, let's say, wasn't until 9am. So like, you know, I wasn't in that rush. So well, yeah. And, and one also, like, I think, because for me, my business is such a social one. 
So I'm always like working with magazines or like hotels or things like that. And so there was always like the work happy hour doing X, Y, and Z. So having all that taken from you with like out the drinking and the dinners, I was like, wow, I don't really need to do all of that. So even to this day, I, I rarely ever eat out and people don't believe me, but I'm like, I cook all the time. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. As we kind of come into the fourth quarter of the conversation, so where do you see the future for maybe you, for the businesses where, you know, and then also too, um, I want to make sure, Brant, we make sure before we'll put everything in the bio, actually was pulling up some of the more bio stuff for you. And we'll put like all your contact information, your Instagram, all that stuff when we publish this episode in a few weeks. But let's start again, for the more the future, where do you see yourself maybe more short-term than long-term? And then I definitely want to make sure before we close, we, you give out all, all the important websites, please. But let's talk about you and like the next few years. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like that's a hard question for me to answer because I feel like I've learned, especially with the last two years, that everything I want it to happen and like it all happens in a different different direction sometimes different way and you know someone gave me a piece of advice years ago that stuck with me and they were like whether it's with your business or your life like just go with the flow of it and not against it so again I started as an events company now ma'am I'm a creative agency like children's books I didn't expect to write three in less than a year and I didn't expect to write a spinoff series like so it's kind of I'm just going with it. Right. But I said this the other day to someone who I was on another interview and they were asking Matt and I both, how do we find time to do like we all do, you know? And I'm just like, I want to go to bed each night knowing that for that day, I did every single thing with whether of the three categories, business books, normally my business and fitness. And obviously, you know, some nights I go to bed and that's not the case. But um, I see myself honestly just trying to stay on the same path I'm on now, which is giving every aspect my all that I can. And what that looks like, I don't know what that will look like in terms of what the end goal will be, but I just want to keep trying. (laughs) That's what I say. Yeah. I think you're right. There's always going to be road bumps. There's always going to be things that just happen. You know what I mean? And yeah, you're definitely going to see that happen sites and places where would you for book wise i believe i also saw they're all on like amazon and where books are sold yeah amazon where books are sold they're in bookstores around the country in terms of like indie bookstores and stuff like that um, there are some schools but uh the barrisbooks.com b-a-r-r-i-s barrisbooks.com and then that, our instagram is also at barrisbooks and then for all fitness stuff it's my personal which is just brant ricka and then my business is Nora Lee. Nora Lee was my grandmother. Uh, so Nora Lee at Nora Lee US is the IG page. That's awesome. Brand no, I'm 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 excited to put this out there. And I think what you're doing is really, really, really amazing. And don't stop doing what you're doing. I'm definitely gonna show my wife some of the, the books. And real quick, I one thing I didn't ask too for those listening, is there a specific age range? I think you said there was a What's a fourth? I, don't, I forget, but what are the age range that is more triggered for these books to go to if, if parents are listening? So it's funny because I, I wrote it thinking of a younger audience, but then it started going more complex <laughs> and deep as I started writing it. So it's more middle school age. A lot of young adults have also read it. We've also had adults who read it, but I will say our first in school visit because of COVID was last week, and the fourth graders were 
ecstatic over it. So Good. I would say the fourth grade middle school age is like the ideal target audience, but we've had a lot of adults who are buying it who message us. Well, the crazy thing is a lot, I remember, if I remember correctly, you talk about Judy Bloom, a lot of the authors, it was funny, even like in TV, right? The characters grow up in the book sometimes, right? Yeah. So that could be a situation maybe that's also going on here and the kids are growing up with the books with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we have a plan for, you know, the Barris books, Barris's story just kind of ended. So then we're going to be on the Bernice books. And then in my head, I have an idea for a spinoff from that, which is Barris awesome. and Bernice grown up, but they're kids. Wow. So yeah, it's, it's been fun. It's also been fun writing about you know, the fifties and researching pop culture back then. And Ella Fitzgerald sets at certain clubs. And oh my God. So I'm really playing into like the historical accuracy of a lot of the timeline, but Barris is in 1950s New Orleans. Then Bernice books will pick up a summer a year later, and she's going to be in New York City, 1954, for the summer visiting the two aunties that live there. Again, you took your imagination and you made it really productive. So that's awesome. And congratulations to you. Definitely don't stop doing what you're doing. I think kids need more of that stuff, you know, around. Right. I am a little bit out of questions, but I also I'm thankful you came on. I think our runners who were maybe running while they're listening to this, we definitely took their minds off of it for you know a few minutes here. Is there anything I forgot to ask that you do want to tell you know our fitness enthusiastic audience? If they just want to keep up, our donation link is launching soon for the hundred mile run, which will be October 14, and that'll be on my personal page. All the updates with that. But I'm raising money for worthy mentoring Pablo. My Friend, also opponent, um, is going to be raising money for CASA uh, for Kids DC, which helps with programs for children in foster care and just protecting them. So that's awesome. A lot of good things um, that we'll be raising money for. So just what they want to keep up to date. Also, along the last year, I think I was on Instagram live a lot during my 100 mile run, and it was a pretty brutal <laughs> time. Yeah, <laughs> it was 31 hours nonstop wow. of running. So this year, Pablo and I have a background deal that if I finish this in 24 hours, he's going to put $1,000 to my charity. So Pablo is like a really good friend of mine, but he also knows how to get in my head. And it's like WWE Smackdown. (laughs) He's like talking so much smack to me. So we both started training last week. So they just want to follow along our training and we're going to be doing fun little events for awareness we're gonna do like race each other for one lap on the track and chugging a beer to see who's the first one finish like stuff like that so wow fitness can be fun that's awesome all right well no thank you so much brand i mean again i really appreciate your time and, and thank you for sharing everything about yourself with us and our audience today guys again thank you thank our community and everyone and remember again these podcasts are brought to you by sixamerun.com don't forget to check out sixamerun.com if you get a second for you know all your nutritional needs for running and cardio and brand again thank you so much and i appreciate your time like i said don't stop doing what you're doing thank you of course thanks for having me definitely